the human world, it's a mess. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at patreon.com slash mouse madness. Chris, it's that time of year where our summer playlists are starting to come together. Mm. We are just sprinting our way right through spring. Here we are, mid-April, ending right into May, and May means summer. And what are we going to be vibing to in summer of 2023? We don't know. We're about to find out. And in that spirit of the music and togetherness, we have a music-related bracket uh, to kick off today. Yeah, I uh, I actually have really good memories from back in my NYC days when I would sit in Central Park in in you know sunny days and nice days were rare uh, on the East Coast, but sometimes it would be not so humid in the city, uh, and we would go out there with my Chillbush wagons, which is my pocket sofa, <laughs> uh, and we'd lay in the park and. I just just vibe out to like the the Disney music of whatever bracket maybe we were doing research for. Um, and I have like really fond memories of that. So happy to be discussing some absolute Disney bangers this mm. time around uh, because we've got the best Disney showstopper bracket. Yeah. Uh, and to help us, we have my old Central Park pal <laughs> and my New York doll, my personal musical Aww. queen, my girlfriend, Julia. Julia. Wow. Um, welcome. Welcome back to Mouse Madness. We were just kind of um, reviewing <laughs> your Mouse Madness resume before we hopped on. And this is number five for you. So this, congrats on, on earning your <laughs> Mouse Madness jacket. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to be included. Um, I think they've gotten better every time. <laughs> hopefully so sure Um, we'll see yeah so obviously we've talked kind of in the past when you've been on the show about your experience with musical theater but i don't know that i I don't know that we've ever really asked you point blank about your experience in performing disney like professionally in any way or even like not professionally just like in a community sense yeah i mean I like looking back on my resume because I did I honestly worked more as a kid than as an adult but I don't think I've actually ever been in like a true Disney production Hmm. I've been in callbacks for Disney cruise ships Belle and Beauty and the Beast like so I like know the material and I've like studied the material um, but I don't think that I've ever actually done a Disney production, which like makes me really sad. <laughs> um, my brother, on the other hand, um, he played Chip and the Beauty and the Beast when we were kids, probably about three times. So he's probably done the stage version of that show, like actually performed it probably like 70 times. Wow. So I have seen that stage show many, many times. Um, and I've also seen quite a few Disney productions on Broadway as well. So I miss the dance <laughs> in terms of actually performing in one. Um, but who knows? There's still time. I'd love to play Mary Poppins. Oh, that would be yeah. good. You could do yeah. the uh, the Broadway version of Super Cali, which always gets me going. Yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. Hand signals yeah, spell it for out. For sure. For mm. sure. I should have. I have a I have a show shirt from the 
original Broadway production. Well, I should have worn it. Yeah. Failing wow. over here. Totally <laughs> failing. Yeah. What's, what is this? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, before we dive too deep into, into show stoppers, uh, we need a little, a little stress stopper. We need a little spoonful of sugar. Oh, God. Um, you know, it's a Tuesday that feels like it should be a Friday. Oh, God. Uh, so Kyle, what are you what are you sipping on today? Yeah, I had this whole plan to make a drink uh from my bar here for this recording because you're right. Tuesdays are are the worst days of the week. It feels like it really <laughs> should be Friday and today's today is par for the course. So I uh ended up getting a phone call from a family member who lives overseas and so I didn't have time <laughs> to make the drink that I wanted to. So I went into the fridge and I grabbed a white claw. Hey. We are hey. going to White Claw. It is almost summer, which reminds me of seltzer because the past three or four summers have been seltzer summers and I have sure. a feeling this will be no different. Why so not? I'm kicking it off with the white claw. Chris, what is your spoonful of sugar? Kyle, I don't know if you've heard. But you're getting married in about one month. News to me. Uh, and Kyle, you know me well. You've known me for a long time. Uh, I, I would say like I have an element of vanity uh, yeah. when it comes to like my personality. Like I like looking good. I yeah. like feeling good. Um, and in the name of wedding season. Oh, here he goes. Um, and in the name of like looking good for photos. Here he goes. Uh, you know, fitting into that custom tailored tuxedo. <laughs> oh uh, you know, I want to be looking nice and lean because these are pictures that last forever. Uh, so I'm doing a little no alcohol right now. Oh. Do, yeah, doing a little no alc. Uh, liquid calories are, are the ones that seem to get me personally. So um, we're doing some, we're doing some tea. Uh, we're nice. winding down after a long day of work. Um, and we're, me and Julia both are drinking the uh, a tea that I've drinking on the pod before, but it's the Tivana herbal tea. It's mm -hmm. beach Bellini flavored uh -huh. uh, with pieces of pineapple and mango. Nice. So, uh, nice. It's Typhoon Lagoon season for the boy. He's <laughs> ready. Don't, don't tempt me. Don't tempt me with the Walt Disney World trip. Typhoon but. Lagoon is amazing. Chris doesn't love it, but it's honestly like it's amazing. Yeah. It's pretty I, good. 10 out of 10. <laughs> like, it's so I mean, awesome. It's like an 8 out of 10. Oh, still. my God. Like, no. it's like even Mine... the worst Disney water park is still like. Oh, my so gosh. Better than, the, no. better than Hurricane Harbor out in Concord, <laughs> California. But um, yeah, so we're working on some tea. Working on some tea. Very good. Um, and uh, now that we've got that out of the way, uh, we got to talk about uh, demographics. Oh, Okay, now this is a hotly, hotly debated topic. Showstoppers. I mean, what is a showstopper? Yeah. It's, a, it's kind of an open-ended concept. And so um, we had to survey a group of people who we knew at least appreciated a showstopper when they saw one. Mm -hmm. uh, so we sent the interns into the park uh, right around 3.30, 4 o'clock uh, to catch that Magic Happens performance. Mm. Uh, Magic Happens is back, rocking it at Disneyland. And so we had folks uh, uh, stake it out. We had interns stake it out, and they, they saw Disney guests vibing to the finale song from Magic Happens. Just vibing. And they said, these people, they know a good showstopper because they this song is a showstopper. They get uh, it. And so we got to pull them. We got to ask them what all time. What is the, what is the best Disney showstopper, showstopping song. Uh, the song that just stops the show. <laughs> and, uh, and we've got a field of 16, but uh, as you know, Disney has quite a musical history, so not 
every single show-stopping song could make our field of 16. Uh, and Kyle, what are a couple of Miss the Dance showstoppers for you? Songs that didn't quite make our bracket. I feel like one of the strongest elements of the film Princess and the Frog is its music. And we don't have Princess and the Frog music on this bracket. And I feel like the the song Almost There is quite a showstopper. It is a song that is very much an I Want song by Tiana, but it is so big and full that it feels more like a showstopper than a traditional princess I Want song. So I think that missed the dance. And the second one for me is Just Around the River Bend from Pocahontas. I'm not the hottest on Pocahontas in general, let alone the music. But Just Around the Riverbend is a, a massive production in that film. And it is a big swelling song that I feel like qualifies it as a showstopper. And it didn't make the dance. And, you know, you just you said it right. Disney has a huge musical catalog. So uh, some things we're going to have to get cut. But that's the one for me. Uh, what are a couple for you? Um, one for me is, is definitely a, a, a classic. Um, and it doesn't really have that kind of like orchestral like robust kind of like 90s disney sound to it but it's uh, i've got no strings oh it's one that <laughs> has a nice little build to it you yeah. know it uh, starts off with just a little slow but by the end like i love a good showstopper that ends on on speed you know it's just like it, it's just like when it ends it's like oh my god that was insane <laughs> and and I've got no strings definitely does that uh, on top of the fact that there's like some dancing and a little bit of like cartoon choreo involved. Uh, I always <laughs> like that in a, in a show stopping number, which leads me to my next one. Kyle mm. grim, grim and grim grin and ghosts. Whoa. Park song, the parks showstopper. You're on a tour of the haunted mansion mm -hmm. for about 10 minutes. Yeah. And then they go ahead and throw your ass out the attic window. You're gone. And you end up in the graveyard where you get uh, a, a, one, of the, one of the best, if not the best, uh, Disney Park songs ever. But you're also sort of surrounded by music, uh, yeah. both physically and spiritually. Like uh, you've got the bands playing throughout the graveyard. You've got a lot of lights and sounds. Uh, and it's just kind of a sensory experience. And I think that's something I also really like in a showstopper. So I had to give some love to the Haunted Mansion. You know, I try and get it where I can. <laughs> um, Julia, uh, any show-stopping Disney songs for you that did not make our field of 16? Mm, I have a couple questions for your interns. Oh. Number one, who do you think you are? Oh. Number two, how dare you? And number three, what gives you the right to not put seize the day on this bracket? <laughs> like, honestly, what the heck? I've been heated about it all day. Oh. Um, when we were doing research for this, I we watched, I think, everything on this bracket. And then I watched, and then we watched, of course, the, the Broadway seize the day. And I was like, that literally was better than everything I just watched. So, yes. Definitely seize the day. All right. Keep in mind, I come from like a stage background. So I'm more so talking about like the stage production. So, you know, that's kind of different, I guess, than most people. Um, but another one for me that missed the dance was, and this is, again, is something that like, you know, your normal average Disney person wouldn't really know, um, is Step in Time. 
I'm oh. not familiar. Yeah, I'm not really familiar with the movie version, but again, the stage version, Bert tap dances on the ceiling. So <laughs> I don't know like how that's not Disney showstoppering. Sure. Just saying. But anyway, very, very disappointed about Seize the Day. Mm. I mean, mm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of also, you know, you know, I love a newsies in our bracket whenever one sneaks in, but, uh, but I guess, uh, newsies did not see today. This time, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Kyle's okay. With is it me. okay? Is it the? Is it like the most entertaining, like enthralling story? No, no. Do you get bored sometimes? Yes, but like, is that number like freaking insane? Yes, it is insane. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, I rest my case. Well, it's what a shame we won't be talking about that one, but we will be talking about 16 show-stopping tunes here on Mouse of Madness. Uh, let's go ahead and cue up that dramatic music. Trying the gray stuff at the number one seat is "Be Our Guest" from Beauty and the Beast. Standing and staying at the number two seed is "Let It Go" from Frozen. You'll never find a three like me. It is friend like me from Aladdin. We don't talk about Bruno, but we do talk about the number four seed. It's we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> Life is the bubbles at the number five seed. It is under the seat. Drop a little gospel beat for the number six seed. It's zero to hero. A menagerie gathers at the number seven seed. It's I just can't wait to be king from the Lion King montaging its way into the number eight spot is I'll Make a Man Out of You from Mulan. What can we say except the number nine seed is your welcome from Moana. Make way for the number 10 seed, it's Prince Ali. Getting down with the pearly band at number 11 is supercalifragilisticexpialidocious from Mary Poppins, obviously. Snuggling up to the number 12 spot is I've Got a Dream from Tangled. Getting goofy at the number 13 seed is Eye to Eye from a Goofy movie. Upside down, turning around, the number 14 seed is Topsy Turvy from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Getting nature with it at the number 15 seed is Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. And school is in session for Mm. the number 16 seed. Rounding out the bracket, it's stick to the status quo from High School Musical. Julia, we got 16 showstoppers on here. I know you have mixed feelings about a lot of them, but (laughs) um, are there any kind of like early favorites that you see on here? And maybe like early ones that you feel like I want this off the bracket as soon as possible. Mm. Um, Okay. Early favorites, Zero to Hero. So good. Yeah. Um, I want this off the bracket as soon as possible. Um, freaking what was the last one again? <laughs> Stick to the status quo. <laughs> the only thing that is good about that song is Sharpay's blazer, and it gets ruined. So, it's chili cheese fries. Jesus God, it. why? Uh, why interns? Why? Well, well, let's let's start. Let's start off. Let's talk about. I can start things off, Kyle, uh, and talk about the sixteen versus the one. It's number one. Be our guest mm-hmm. from Beauty and the Beast versus number sixteen. Uh, stick to the status quo from High School Musical. Now, there is a strong, like okay. So, what is a showstopper? 
Okay. Uh, in my opinion, okay? Yeah. A showstopper is a song that stops the show. But like <laughs> it's it's a song that the show's going along and everyone's just sort of paying attention. And then it's su- it's such a overwhelmingly amazing number that it just sort of like takes your breath away. It makes yeah. you want to stand up and start applauding. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I think like that's sort of uh, a feeling more than something that you can like point to in a song. Uh, so it's going to be sort of hard, I think, to break down like what is a better showstopper. Um, but, but we're going to go ahead and, and we're going to try. Okay. Yep. Uh, so there are a few components uh, going on in, in show-stopping numbers. And one of them, th- the first one is obviously the music. Like you can't have a show-stopping number if the music doesn't just completely stop the show. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what does a show-stopping song do when it comes to music? Uh, and in my opinion, that's it pulls out all the stops. Yes. Uh, I think and, it's and, big. I think it's exactly. full. I think it's it gets loud in a way that is non-intrusive it is a mm-hmm. welcoming loud yes loud loud is a good one and and it's it's like i would say that it makes use of the full orchestra in yeah. a way that no other song in the show does yep be our guest is a, is a really great example of that. And I think it's one we're probably going to keep pointing back to as we go through the other 15 songs, but you look at be our guest and the way it starts with Lumiere's vocals yeah, uh, and then sort of gets into some strings uh, and then it gets into some accordion and then it gets into some brass and it gets into some percussion. And then it just keeps adding more and more and more to the point where there's a moment uh, towards the end of the song where Mrs. Potts is doing her section and there's like little whistle, like little whistling sounds that are like train whistles or something that are supposed, supposed to store like emulate a teapot boiling or something. And like, mm-hmm. that's the type of show stopping stuff that, that, that makes the song stand out. Yeah. In BR get that particular part. I was listening to the playlist nonstop today and so I'm, I start getting real into, into the weeds of each component of these songs. Yeah. And when Mrs. Potts comes in for that first time and starts singing, it sounds like the same exact device, if not the same exact notes of the Mad Tea Party teapots. Did you notice that? <laughs> oh, like no, the, I did the not. musical device sounds just like those teapots. And I was like, mm. that's sick. I like that. Mm. Um, and also, like, they're, they're honestly we can listen to all of these songs that we want, but there is a visual component to a showstopper. Yeah. Um, and, and so both of these songs, I think have elements of that. Uh, the thing, uh, stick to the status quo does that I like is that it pulls out all of the characters in high school musical. (laughs) I think Troy is the only character that is like a high school student that we know who's not on the board at this moment in time. Sure. Uh, and I, and like, I, I like that. I mean, that's, it's an ensemble number and, and most of these, the good show stopping songs Are have an element of ensemble to them. Uh, and so that's what I really like about stick to the status quo. And we get to meet, we get to, not only do we have the ensemble, like backing us up, we get to meet individual members within the ensemble, uh, for these brief moments that we never get to meet again. And we've talked a lot about 
the burnout skaters uh, in, in other episodes of Mouse Madness, so I won't go too into them. Uh, they look like Old Navy, uh, the skaters that <laughs> yeah. only shopped at Old Navy, and it was yeah. like some, uh, you know, director, producer in Utah was like, oh, yeah, this is, I've never even, like, seen someone who's done drugs before, so this is what they look like, right? Uh, oh, my God. But, Hilarious. But we got to talk about the nerds. Uh, this time around because let me tell you uh the nerds in stick to the status quo are too hot bro the nerds (laughs) violate martha in this song violate her (laughs) when Um, she says i love to pop lock jam and break like she's she's letting loose i I just love to do this one of the nerds is like is that even legal don't they, you don't have to flame her like that? They go in. Yeah, it's pretty. Rude. They go in a lot, um, and they're they're very rude in a way like a nerd would never speak up for themselves like that. <laughs> it's honestly so funny though because like this was oh, not God. this was the first of its kind High School Musical like that was not cool to do like dance, but yeah. now all of the shows like the most popular guy in school is like the one who's like the lead in the show. Yeah. They're TikTok. They're TikTok boys. They right. Can do the TikTok dances. It all started um, with but, Martha. And not only did, not only do they, the nerds come in hot, but like the, the nerds are kind of sexy too. Like they're, <laughs> they're not wearing like nerd clothes. Like what do the nerds wear at my school? It was like, I'm going to wear an, like a Nintendo t-shirt. That's like, clearly I got it in like fourth grade and I'm still rocking it today. Um, and like they, they definitely don't have, uh, themselves put together uh, like physically in the Mm -hmm. way that these nerds do in high school musical and this so like yeah we joke that the the burnouts aren't don't exactly look like burnouts but these nerds don't look like nerds to me either like they were just like i don't know a button-up t-shirt that makes you a nerd right (laughs) button-up collared shirt nerd nerd um yeah, I think I think I like stick to the status quo. I think it's a fun a fun number. I love the choreography. Obviously, you've got um, the different sort of like tables dancing around themselves. You have our kind of like primary characters within the song doing a little unique things. Um, and you've got the, the electric cello riff going on too. Mm. Like it's an exciting, it's an exciting moment in high school musical. Like it really is. Um, but it's going up against be our guest. And, uh, and I think be our guest definitely, uh, blows this song out of the water. So I'm going to advance be our guest. Yeah. So am I, I was telling Nina as she walked into the house and I was listening to this playlist that the more that you listen to stick to a status quo out of context of the film, the worse it gets. It is just a bad song. It's <laughs> like, so bad. You need the visual representation and you need the playfulness of the film True. in order True. for it to even be somewhat listenable. It is like cringeworthy. The performances on that track when you don't see the like the corniness of the film itself and what it's it's very it's a very self-aware sort of film it feels like so uh i agree with you be our guest is a quintessential showstopper uh and we talked about how they do such a great job of recreating it in the live action as well to where it is just an an awe-inspiring showstopper and and the, the music has a lot to do with that so i agree with you julia i have a feeling that you are happy to see stick to a status quo get off this bracket Thank Jesus. I mean, thank God you guys put it against Be Our Guest. 
<laughs> we didn't. The interns did. What are you talking about? I mean, the interns put it against me, <laughs> our guest. All right. Let's move on to this next matchup here. It's number eight. I'll make a man out of you versus number nine. <gasps> oh, you're welcome. Yeah. And on paper, this looks like it would be a pretty tough decision. But to me, it's pretty easy. Uh, you have number nine. You're welcome from Moana. This is the moment in which uh, Moana meets Maui and Maui is, you know, being his kind of stuck up self and he is f- about to free himself. So he distracts Moana with the song. You're welcome as he hops on her boat to sail away. So uh, it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson doing a little Daddy Lynn rap. Uh, he's doing his darndest to, to hit every note that he can as he sings the song. And what this song lacks for me for a lot of it is that fullness. Uh, you mm. do get that kind of full, uh, you're welcome towards the end. You get the horns coming in during the chorus. It's a big almost show number. They make a big kind of uh, dazzling display on your screen with a lot of elements during the, the moment of this film. But it's a slow, it's a slow burn. It's a slow burn. Even the first chorus doesn't hit as full as I tend to like out of the showstoppers. Yeah, so, and, and the way that he leads it in, uh, it starts out kind of acapella with maybe, with I think it's like a little bit of drums. Yeah, a little and jump. Then, and Kyle, what does he do? What does he do to get those other instruments in? He, sh- he shakes them titties. He goes, boom, 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 boom. Hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him. <laughs> yeah, it, and I think that's okay to slow intro into the song. Be Our Guest is the same thing. It's a I love that. slow build. I love that. And I, I think that I wish that it got into the meat of it a little bit faster for a showstopper. Okay. Uh, because then in the second verse, we die back down to to him once again. And I think a showstopper can have stops. Dwayne The Rock doing his rap under basically no beat in the, the bridge. It's great. But we had also gone up and down so many times during this song that by that, I'm like, all right, let's get to that big finale, that big finale. Uh, so... It's it's fine for me, but I'll make the man out of you is just one of those chill inducing songs to me uh, mm. when it comes to show stopping. I think that the the finale and, and how it ends is just so great. You have that big key change at the end. When we've, I've said it before. Love me a key change at the end of one of these songs. Uh, and then they bring it down. They let them hit that shit acapella. Oh, and it's just oh, and, and it, every time. Like you, you expect to hear a little, like at least like a little drum or something in it. No, there's the, there's just, it's just silent. It's just acapella. And every time that happens, I, I just love it. It's a pivotal part of the film. Uh, yeah. It is Mulan starting to find her way within this army. She is becoming that, that soldier that they expect her to be thinking that she's somebody else. And she is just dominating and she is she is teaching them more about themselves along the way than they're trying to teach her, even in this one montage. And it's a beautifully done montage too. the scene that really sticks out to me is when they are practicing the stick work and it's just that yeah. complete red background and there's just a ton of them and they're all coordinated. Love that. Love that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a, a showstopper that does make me want to stand up and clap at the very end of it. Um, and I think that the call and response of the chorus lends its hand to that ensembleness that I really love. Uh, they're not just repeating through the the entire chorus. You have the be a man in the background responding to each element that they present in the chorus. Uh, you know, strong as a coursing river, great as a great typhoon or whatever. So 
I think that this is the better showstopper. It fits that ensembleness that I really like. Uh, Your Welcome is one that is fine to me, um, but it's up against what I think is a really solid showstopper. So number eight moves on for me. Um, Kyle, I don't think I've ever told you this story. I've never told Julia this story either. Here we go. Um, <laughs> scared cringiest thing i've ever done as oh a disney god. fan oh, oh cannot and i wait i had come i had managed to compartmentalize this am i gonna, um, get, am I gonna get the ick and i was reminded of it uh when <laughs> we were reviewing i'll make a man out of you oh um <laughs> i was probably 19 okay so i was still kind of like in that sort of like kid area okay. i was an adult legally an adult but like i i still had a lot of kind of like kid tendencies and a lot of energy obviously yeah um i was at disneyland uh it was <laughs> s- summer night uh getting very late very you know how those late nights at disneyland people start you know feeling a little bit crazy feeling a little bit, feeling a little bit kooky uh and i was there with a couple friends and we were waiting for the fireworks show to start. We were in the hub area, very close to the Walt statue. And uh, they, there was some delay. I think it was one of those, like, there's some wind. So we're trying to figure out if uh, we should do the fireworks. I don't know. Everyone was getting a little bit testy. <laughs> <laughs> and I fucking. Oh, no. My stupid cringy ass. Oh, no. Uh, starts l- not just participating, leading an no. acapella performance no. of I'll Make a Man Out of You. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Please tell me somebody no. got it on film and it's somewhere. And, and let me tell you though. Oh my god. Let gosh. me tell you though. I got hella people in on this because it was rocking that oh night. Oh my god. Let um, me tell you though. I was hitting that shit. <laughs> it was... Like looking back, I'm so embarrassed. But like, I just remember like looking up at the night sky and being like, "Oh my god!" Like this is like a Disney fan moment that I is am happening peaking. right now. Yeah, I'm. Oh my god! Um, but it's a good song. I like the song. Is what I'm trying to say. I like. Yes. It. It's a yes. Good song. Okay. Your welcome is a fine song, um, but something that I kind of require in a show stopping song is good vocals, good vocal performance. (laughs) Uh, And the rock is fun, but he cannot provide those powerful vocals. You just can't, you just can't bring it. Yeah. Um, I like his little titty bounce to start (laughs) off the song. (laughs) I like the visual component of the song as well, where like his tattoos are kind of uh, animated and they're doing a little sequence and, I love uh, bringing kind of like the colors into the mix as well when he starts going into his his hip hop section. But oh my god, though I, I this it made Julia groan uh, when we watched it. But it's like the most Lin Manuel lyric of all time. It's when he says, um, um, uh, "Brought you fire from down below. You're looking at him, yo. Oh, yes. It's like, oh my." Uh, painful, I feel like painful yeah, I, line. Oh my gosh. I feel like I love I love you, Daddy Lynn. I I know you probably won't listen to this, but I love you. Um <laughs> He might. I kind of feel like yeah, he might. We don't we don't know. I kind of feel like he like just like wrote it on like a Sunday afternoon and he's like, Okay, my deadline's coming up, I gotta find something to write. Kinda That's how he does it. Yeah. yeah. That's how he does it. I feel yeah, like it does feel yeah. that way. And I think there's There's moments in Hamilton that also kind of incorporate that we're just going to say a word to rhyme, uh, uh, you know, an onomatopoeia type 
situation. And it just doesn't work when you have somebody like The Rock delivering it. I think that's <laughs> a bigger issue is that Got he it. just doesn't it's not say, the look at that, yo, very well. <laughs> Uh, but still it's got that weird like Lin-Manuel I'm rhyming but like I'm rhyming it not in like the traditional rhyming pattern yeah I'm Uh, I'm not like a regular mom I'm a cool mom yes exactly (laughs) exactly um so so yeah I've got uh I'll make a man out of you uh moving on Julia do you agree with that yes I totally agree um I just want to give a shout out to Lee Shang He's so attractive and he's he's so attractive and he has nipples. Actually, (laughs) he does. He does. I was reading an article that voted him best Disney husband, even though he's not a husband. Uh, Is there a Mulan too? Yeah, there is a Mulan too. Maybe there is. Do they get married? Anyway, (laughs) Lee Shang is a 10 out of 10. Uh, uh, Um, but yeah, he's got that perfect mixture of like athlete but sensitive that Julia really looks. You remind me of you, pumpkin. Anyways, uh, let's move on to uh, to the next matchup. We've got the number four seed. We don't talk about Bruno versus number thirteen. Eye to eye from Goofy Movie. Okay, Woo! so speaking of men's physiques. Oh boy. Are we talking about power, power line right now? We're talking, we're talking about, about how power line is about, built like a Dorito. <laughs> He's got the 90s chip form. Um, guy has no arms and no legs. He's just a triangle shaped torso. <laughs> Makes me very uncomfortable. But Eye to Eye is sort of the, the finale song to Max and Goofy's adventure across country to catch your boy Powerline at uh, the forum. in in Los Angeles. Um, And reviewing this song, um, Goofy Movie, I don't know if it was just, it just like, it just happened to be this way. Like, within this sort of eye to eye segment, there were like multiple instances of horniness in the movie, (laughs) but it was like, it was like, damn, these are like, these are coming like quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't, I, I, we watched goofy movie that one time for the Patreon episode. And I uh-huh. don't really remember if this was sprinkled throughout the movie, but like we had max, like looking at backup dancer asses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We what had the heck? Goofy walking in on like the uh, singing <laughs> yeah, ladies bitch. dressing room and him being like, Oh, oh, oh baby. <laughs> Ew, so uh, like we what? had Polly shore and the braces girl, like uh, yeah. falling in love with each other. Yeah. Uh, and then you had, uh, Roxanne being like super smitten with Max on the TV. I'm just like, damn, everyone's trying to get a little something uh, in this segment of this movie. Yeah. I mean, think about the 90s and the films that were coming out in the 90s. This like teenage coming of age thing and oh, uh, like sexual awareness was huge. It's like the American Pie films start coming out in the 90s and just like comedy itself, the raunchy 90s. And so you have this film that definitely flopped in Disney's eyes start to tamper with that. Let's see if these kind of teenage themes resonate with our audience and, you know, whether they did or didn't because it was not Disney enough or the movie flopped because it wasn't it was a goofy starring film. Who knows? (laughs) Um, But for sure, I think that was just par for the course of you got a film with Polly Shore in it. 
you're ready to take some risks. <laughs> yeah. And like the the thing about eye to eye is it doesn't have a lot of those kind of like other components that I like in a show stopping number. It doesn't have that kind of ensemble element to it yeah. where everyone's participating in the song. Uh, you know, you have your two leads, Goofy and Max uh, getting in the mix along with Powerline, but um, everyone else is kind of on the sidelines at this moment. It's obviously not like an orchestra, but it's definitely like a, a, a solid like rock and roll rock and piece, you know? Yes. Um, so it's kind of hard to knock it for that reason because it really feels kind of like a different different genre altogether. Totally. Um, but uh, the, the, the colors and the lighting uh, and the choreography make it feel like a showstopper and not to mention like it, it's an important moment in the story where all of the pieces are sort of coming together. Um, and so there's this sort of satisfying element when the song is over yeah. uh, that makes you feel like you've, you've really felt something uh, by listening to, to the piece. Yeah, for sure. Uh, or you're just like, thank God it's over. Yeah. Or that, or that <laughs> <laughs> made me so uncomfortable. Then we've got the number four seed. We don't talk about Bruno. Yep. Um, and this song is really good. Um, <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's really good. And the thing is, like, I put it on a shelf for a while. Like, I did. Obviously, the song, the song that's... blew up. Everyone was listening to it. It was all over the place. That's um, but we sort of revisited a, a few songs in Encanto. And we both really were kind of like, I forgot how much I liked this movie. Mm. Um, didn't did it wasn't like obsessed with the music. I think like a lot of people were, but I was kind of like, oh dang, like this actually was a really good story. And I do remember we don't talk about Bruno being the highlight song for us yeah. in that movie. And we talked about it in, in the Patreon episode uh, before the song had even blown up at all. We were like, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that one song we don't talk about Bruno. That feels like the best one, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we and, all agree, right? We I don't mean, talk about Bruno. Super happy that the cream rose to the top. In this I know situation. it was the perfect. It that was one of the most perfect instances in which a song went viral. In my opinion, yeah, it was yeah. an actual good song that people were using to give very like wholesome representations of or translations of it in their viral videos or. They were taking it and just completely cosplaying it. And it just felt like one big movement that was finally not around something that we are all trying to hate on. You know, like we yeah. all kind of globally accepted that this song is good. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing that I think I like the most about it is it's just a really dynamic piece, Um, both like in, in the musical structure, but also just in like the storytelling and the visuals, like, you know, you have the ensemble component, but it's delivered in a way that no other song really delivers it where you have each member of the family sort of, um, chiming in and having like a little verse. Yeah. But you also have like style, right? right, Like it's crazy. And you have the townspeople uh, have a little <laughs> section as well. Um, so there's there's a lot of things to kind of like attract your attention, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that's a really essential part of a, of a show-stopping song for me. Um, I think that 
easily uh, for this matchup, I'm going to give it to, to We Don't Talk About Bruno just because it feels like a more exciting piece. Um, Eye to Eye is definitely like a banger of oh, yeah. a song, but We Don't Talk About Bruno is just, it's powerful in a, in sort of a different way. Yeah, I see Eye to Eye as more of a big celebratory finale song where it's tying up the film as opposed to stopping us to give us important information to keep the story going, which I think a lot of showstoppers do. Uh, It's a big culmination of Max and Goofy not only made it, they've repaired their relationship. Max kept his promise to Roxanne. Uh, Polly Shore is hooking up with Brace's girl. Like Everything is a moment that has come around this eye to eye song around this power line uh, performance, but it does have that, that fullness that I wanted. It does have the big chorus that I wanted. Uh, it has the backup singers that are also belting it behind power line, which yeah. it may just be Tevin Campbell, like <laughs> harmonizing with himself. I can't yeah. really tell. Um, it's just such a, it's such a great song, but it lacks in the show stopping category for me. Uh, when it's up against something like we don't talk about Bruno. So I'll talk more about the number four seed next time, um, but it's definitely moving on here. Julia, your thoughts. Totally agree. Great. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> right, when we said, right when we said number four seed, we don't talk about Bruno, you started dancing. So I knew we were, we were on the right track there. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of In the Heights a little bit. Well, I don't know if you've seen In the Heights, but it's like one of my all-time favorites. So, oh, well, so good. checks out like Daddy mm-hmm. Lynn, just a, a god in the the Walnut household. Hey, hey, In the Heights is coming to Walnut Creek. In the Heights is coming to Walnut Creek. Hey, you're coming. You're coming, bro. We're getting <laughs> yeah. you out here. You have to watch the movie. The movie is so good. It's um, so good. Yeah. Oh my god. All right, I'm out. To the nut we go to see In the Heights. Uh, let's move on in, to this. In the Heights. In the, in the nut. <laughs> no, in the Heights, right, in let's the get nut. Out of there. <laughs> number oh five God. seed under the sea versus number 12, I've Got a Dream. Honestly, I'm not the hottest on either of these songs. Really? Yeah. The, there's a, a real nice bit of nostalgia that comes out of Under the Sea for me. Uh, because I think it was on a like Disney hits cassette tape that we used to have in my mom's car that had like that. Uh, I just can't wait to be king. Uh, Prince Ali, like a lot of the showstoppers on this cassette tape. And it, it brings me back to that time. And I really like that about it. Um, but I don't know what it is now in my adult ears and adult brain. Once that intro hits, I'm out, man. <laughs> Once that do 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 do, I'm like, oh God, under the sea, here it comes, and I don't know what it is. Uh, I think it's it's I I just don't think that it's listenable when it comes in and this very like cartoony way uh, for whatever reason. But as the song goes on, it definitely qualifies itself as a showstopper. It is big ensemble number. Uh, yeah. You have a lot of components to it, a lot of different instruments that Sebastian ends up introducing almost one by one at one point. And it has a huge, huge finale with the ensemble all singing along with it. Uh, so it definitely is a showstopper. It's definitely, you know, a showstopper in uh, in The Little Mermaid, which is full of showstoppers, <laughs> it feels like. I think you could almost qualify poor unfortunate souls. I think you can qualify part of your world, the reprise. I think sure. there's like 
there are songs that in which you can say this is a showstopper, but Under the Sea feels like the most quintessential. Uh, and I appreciate it for what it does, but as I said, there's something that I just don't like about it very much. It feels like a nursery rhyme, maybe. It feels very uh, simple, and it's okay to be simple, but this feels more childish than a lot of the songs in the Disney catalog. So I, I think that's hmm. why I'm kind of out on that. And I've got a dream for me is just such an, for what it's just like an unforgettable song. And Chris, maybe I'm tired of it because we performed to it. <laughs> so week after week at the family vacation center, uh, sorry, but like what? now, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, me thing. and I wasn't in that. No. I wasn't in that production. He, no, what? he wasn't. Or I wasn't in that song. That's amazing. No, he was directing us during that. Oh, um, yeah, of course. But I, it, it's like white noise to me now. <laughs> like I don't know. I got what it a is. dream. I got a dream. I just I can't lock in. I don't know hmm. why I can't lock in. Uh, I like Flynn Rider's part. I think that Zachary <laughs> Levi really performs that that line really well when he uh, is talking about him wanting loads of money. I like mm-hmm. that. I love Mandy Moore's performance in it because you still have that kind of naive Rapunzel coming through in this in this dark tavern of villains who are dreamy and have dreams. Um, But there's something about it. I don't know. I'm not I don't like either of these. But Hmm. I think that since there are parts that I like about I've got a dream more than I have under the sea, I'm going to move on the number 12 seed. Um, so like when I first got this bracket, I really had every intention of moving under the sea on because that's, that is one I really think about, I think as like a show stopping Disney number, Mm, yeah. just because it has all those elements that you talked about, Kyle, where it brings in a lot of the ensemble. Uh, it is located at a part in the movie that feels like around where you'd put a showstopper, right? Correct. Um, and it's very colorful. Like, I mean, like a lot of things are in the undersea portion of little mermaid, but, um, it's really vibrant, you know, both visually, but also musically. Um, it's got, uh, the every time the steel drums comes in, man, Mm. I just, uh, I love it. (laughs) Um, and Kyle, (laughs) let me, let me just go ahead and, Uh uh, and let me just go ahead and admit something to you. Oh, oh man, this is a confession. This is all, yeah, here. what's going on today? Um, in preparation for this recording, not only did we watch the animated Little Mermaid <laughs> version of no, you Under didn't. the Sea, but no, we, you didn't. Yes, no, we you did. Didn't. We went back, <laughs> haven't watched it since premiere night. Oh, my God. Shaggy's rendition oh. of Under the Sea from Little Mermaid Live. Oh, no. And let me tell you that performance, it was like he showed up that day and was yeah. like, I think, I think I already know the words of the song. <laughs> so I'm just going to go, do I need a rehearsal? Yeah, but it was or? like a party, like the guests. It was like a rave. It was so low energy though uh-huh. from Shaggy. I know, was, but everyone, the one everyone else spoke. was like living their best life. And here's why, because I here's a little inside Hollywood for you. Oh, okay, oh. get some Hollywood talk for us. Uh, I went to a screening of or a filming of Deal or No Deal. Uh, <laughs> okay, with host Howie Howie Mandel one time, and so this was a live studio audience. It wasn't live, but it was live to tape, and so there was a person 
who their job was to be like the audience. Mm. I don't know what you call them, but yeah, they're like the hype person. So he goes, all right, everybody like during this, during the show, when you're like, try not to pay too close attention to what's happening during the game. Focus on me Mm. because I am your cue to start cheering. I'm your cue to start booing. I'm your cue to be quiet. Like just watch me. Watch wow. what I'm doing. And so I bet you they had someone oh, like that totally. at Little Mermaid Live sort of like fluffing up the audience a little bit. Totally. Well, like the audience was like, I don't know. The stage was literally like a piece of cheese with holes in it. And the yeah. audience was like in little holes. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, honey, this looks like so much fun. We should have gone. I was like, if I was there <laughs> during this portion, I would probably say that I was going to the bathroom and yeah. then not come back. <laughs> um, but oh, there man. was, there were puppets, there were yeah. acrobats, there was a, a projection there screen. Were, in there the were back. little starfish we just a, like, la, 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 la. Cavalio <laughs> on a swing. Like it, it was just, it's just out completely off the rails. So it soured me on under the sea a little bit. Um, but I think the kind of like the final sort of argument against that song I have is that a lot of these show stopping songs I don't know if this is this is uh, just a coincidence or it's something that a lot of show-stopping songs tend to have. It's directed towards someone. Mm. Um, and be our guest, it's directed towards Belle. Um, Friend Like Me, directed towards Aladdin. Uh, we don't talk about Bruno, directed towards Mirabelle. Mm-hmm. Um, so like... Under the Sea, directed towards Ariel, Yeah, obviously. This is Sebastian's moment to uh, convince her that it's dope. It's dope down here, it's right? perfectly fine down here. Yeah. Better than up there. And so a lot of times what ends up happening at the end of a show-stopping number is you are convinced. Right. The show-stopping number has convinced the main mm. character and us, the audience, whatever they're trying to sell. I see where you're Our guest is saying like, we, it's dope. Like this, this uh, <laughs> castle is not so scary because we're up in here yeah, uh, yeah. and it is our job to make it fun for you. Yeah. A uh, friend like me, Jeannie's like, dude, I am sick as hell. <laughs> uh, and we go, yeah, dude, he's right. He mm-hmm. for sure is. Whereas under the sea, Ariel dips out halfway through the song. Right. And, and we so, side with her. Exactly. Yeah. So that makes us say like, oh, clearly this song is, it's about Sebastian. This song is about him. It's about him fulfilling his sort of fantasy version of how he sees this uh, situation playing out. Um, And so it, it does not leave me with that same sort of like sense of fulfillment. Uh, it doesn't really stop the show for me. Hmm. And um, and so like, like I said, I was fully intending to move this song on, but I don't think I'm going to, I think I'm going to wow. agree with you wow. and go with, I've got a dream. And like, you could, you can, uh, use that argument for, for, I've got a dream too. Like it's villains singing to Rapunzel about how dr- your dreams are valid, bro. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what it is, no matter how silly it seems, you should feel like you can go after and chase it. Yeah. And, and, and we, we believe it. We, the audience believe it. Rapunzel believes it. And Flynn Rider, whether he wants to admit it or not, he believes it as well. I'm going to advance. I've got a dream. I'm going to agree with you. Uh, so Julia, we're, we're moving tangled on. Uh, would you, would you have done the same? You think? Yes, absolutely. I love tangled. Um, I love that number. I love a show-stopping number that has an element of comedy. 
And I think that mm. one definitely does. Um, and I also think I was a little bit soured by the live action under the sea. It reminded me of like the Wiggles or something. Do you remember the Wiggles? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just reminds me of the Wiggles now. Well, well, buckle up because in about four to five weeks, you're about to see another version of Under the Sea sung by oh, David Diggs right. as an anatomically correct crap. So right yeah no oh my gosh actually we saw the teaser for that is the actual trailer out for that yet there's several trailers yeah it looks good i don't know it looks good to me we're gonna check it out we're gonna check it it out no matter what we're (laughs) gonna check it out we have to check it out absolutely she was killing that part of your world rock moment i was like you go girl (laughs) work that rock work that ocean work that high note <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, let's hop over to the other side of the bracket. We've got number two, Let It Go versus number fifteen, Colors of the Wind. This one's easy. It's Let It Go. Come on, <laughs> um, it's Let It Next. Go. And like this Next. is well, I mean, this is one of those. I mean, it's it, it's true for both of these matchups, but both of the both of these songs, both of these songs don't have that ensemble element to them. You and know? that's and what like, makes that's what makes Let It Go so crazy is that it's one person who's putting our butts in our seats. Dude. Uh, really cool. And like, yes, uh, I kind of mentioned that a good showstopper, the orchestra pulls out all the stops um, and the orchestra definitely does that and let it go as well. We can talk about a little, little xylophone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but here's something that I think let it go does. It's really cool is the animation pulls out all the stops. Yes. Uh, and, and specifically the snow effects. Yes. Because that's kind of like the breakthrough element of the animation in Frozen. Uh, and you have this kind of moment where Elsa is, is she's doing the absolute most with, <laughs> with the snow effects in the an- animation. And like, we love this song. We talk about it all the time. And like, there's multiple versions. There's there's the one that uh, Adele Dazeem does uh, in... <laughs> The movie, but there's also the um, Cassie Levy version that she does uh, on Broadway, and and other actresses have done on Broadway as well. But uh, that's the one that's on YouTube. There's a on Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato there's, there's did a version. Yes, <laughs> but um, such a good singer. It's uh, it, it it stops the show no matter who does it. I yes. mean, it's just the way that it's structured, uh, the way that they hit that um, let the storm rage on, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's. It's great. Uh, so yeah, I got I got let it go. Moving on, uh, number fifteen, colors of the wind is a is a fine song, but I think it just feels a little bit. And this is going to sound weird. I think that there is an element of fluffiness to a show stopping song. Okay. Um, and Colors of the Wind is a little bit too deep for me hmm. um, because it really, really forces us, the audience, to like turn inward and think about some like very, very big ideas. Right. Sometimes we don't want to do that. And like Let It Go, I think, um, Let It Go gets at some of those ideas, but the way that it's sort of packaged, it's not making you do that in this particular moment. Sure. Um, it's going to go ahead and the other shoe is going to drop later on in the movie. Uh, whereas uh, colors of the wind, it's you're, you're living that right now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm going, let it go. Yeah. 
I agree with you. Easy. I don't think that this Pocahontas song is even the showstopper of the film. I think that uh, Just Around the Riverbend is. Shout out Judy Kuhn. She does the damn thing on the song, though. She'd be singing her heart out on this one. Yeah. Um, but it's for sure Let It Go uh, for all of the reasons that you stated. So, Julia, anything else you want to add? Do you have any thoughts about Colors of the Wind? Just a quick question about Colors of the Wind. Is that the one where she jumps off the cliff? And she's like, da na 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 and the yeah. hair is flying. Yeah, because just around the river bend is when she's in a, a canoe. I thought she jumped off of multiple waterfalls and cliffs yeah, throughout the movie. It's but pretty crazy. But maybe, I know she definitely does at least once, and it's in Colors of the Wind. Yes, for sure. And she she jumps and has John Smith jump with her in Colors of the Wind. They do like this yeah. li- weird leap together. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's also the song where they talk about blue corn and you know that <laughs> which I hate talking about blue corn, which, which oh is a conspiracy God. and it's in and of itself for Chris, but, uh, all right, let it go. We're moving it on next matchup. Number seven. I just want it. I just can't wait to be King from the lion King versus number 10, Prince Ali. This is some bangers, boy. This is some mm. show stopping bangers to me. Mm. Uh, I just can't wait to be king. I brought it up earlier that this was definitely on a cassette tape that played in my parents' car at some point in my life because it that intro hits every single time for me. It does the opposite of what the Under the Sea kind of steel drums does. Under the Sea steel drums intro, it's like, ugh. And I just can't wait to be king. Uh, bongo intro, give it to me. All day, every day, I want it. Um. I like the performance that is done in I Just Can't Wait to Be King by the two kid actors that are the singing voices for Nala and Simba. Um, I love the the back and forth with them and Zazu that keeps the song kind of rolling. And I like that it it continues its momentum through the entire time. It slows down when Zazu chimes in a little bit, but otherwise it picks up and the energy stays the same. And I like that about some of these showstoppers. I like that you you feel like you don't want to miss the next beat. You don't want to leave leave right now because it's just getting good and it just keeps getting good. Uh, and as well as just the performance on performance, quote unquote, the animation on screen that is happening during the song where yeah. it does feel like a true showstopper because yeah. we are bringing in extras that we haven't really seen that are supporting our heroes and the performers uh, themselves. We have this menagerie of different animals that come in. They kind of treat themselves as props and use their talents to do so. You have like the ostrich that kind of fans its feathers. You have mm-hmm. the the giraffes that help to bounce Simba and Nala along. Like it is just such a fun, fun scene. And then we kind of go into an alternate reality where we're getting played with some of the colors of these animals and where we've left the earth itself and we've entered like Simba and Nala's playful mind as they're singing this song. I love it. I think that this this song and this scene are they're ingrained in my brain probably because I was a 90 kid born when this film came out and it's it's part of my childhood. So I really really like this one. Prince Ali, I I'm going I'm going to say something crazy, bro. I I might agree with you. I got to start putting some respect on this Aladdin soundtrack, dog. And I gotta start. I gotta start recognizing Prince Ali as an elite Disney song. Oh no! Um, can I say something even crazier? Oh, <laughs> I love crazy. But the Will Smith 
version is of Prince Ali. It's the best, best version. <laughs> this is the better one. I, as we're listening to these two Aladdin songs, shout out Aladdin to have two, uh, two showstoppers on this bracket. Um, I was like, each time I was like, okay, I like how Will Smith hypes me up in a friend like me to get the song rolling, but I like Robin Williams performance better, but mm-hmm. I love the overall composition and song better in the live action for Prince Ali than I like it in animated form. It's yeah. just, but I, and that doesn't even mean that I don't like the animated song. Cause I think the animated song is just as fun and high energy. You just get a lot more, uh, modern spins on the current one that we get, but Prince Ali, here we go. Big, fat liar aladdin sh- rolls up into town on on a parade of animals and uh he's being introduced as prince ali and we have robin williams as the genie who is singing the praises of this prince ali as they parade through town robin williams i mean he put his whole soul into this performance as the genie in this film in general but especially the two songs that he performs and this is this is one of them the 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 thing that I love and also ding the song for is the the need for the 90s to have to reference the 90s so hard all the time. And it's really endearing for us to listen to these tracks, Friend Like Me and Prince Ali, and understand the references that he's making. But if you don't understand you know him doing the like Joan Rivers and uh and the other co-host of the Thanksgiving Day parade uh bit <sighs> in the song you you don't understand the voices that he's doing yeah and so i think that sometimes these the Aladdin soundtrack suffers from Robin Williams being so smart and quick and funny in the 90s way that it's not as timeless. But hmm. the thing that does work is that he's just general enough with these references that he's almost only doing the voices and you could just take it as added commentary. So just the same example, him commenting on the parade doesn't, if you don't know who he's trying to be there, right? Right. You, it still feels fun and, and silly that he is commenting on the parade in these voices, right? And then the film, of course, lets you see that he's changing form and being parade announcers and he's being uh reporters and he's being some of the dancers up on the on the railway so it makes sense uh but i i i still just love this song i think the song's a banger uh but you're right the will smith one is better so big show-stopping number you have the entire town is out you have animals you have jewels you have Money is it, it. This is the showstopper <laughs> of all showstoppers visually, uh, and and so that's what I think makes this matchup so compelling is that they both bring out all the stops for our main characters that we're going to be with for the rest of the film and really center them on their next journey. Uh, and and I like that a lot. So this is a really tough matchup for me, but I'm going to go ahead and lean on my nostalgia ba- uh, bias and go with the seven seed. I'm going to go with I just can't wait to be king. I like how it flows. I like how it has these performers who are just absolutely killing it. And they're convincing. Uh, they're convincing in this song. And we also have the the bringing out of all of the animals that weren't around. And that feels very show-stoppy. 
like coming in from the wings. All of a sudden, the rhinos are here. The the ostriches are here. The giraffes are here. And they weren't here when we were walking around. It feels very show-stoppy visually. I like the song better than I do Prince Ali personally. So I'm going to go with the seventh seed. Yeah. So we we watched three versions of Prince Ali. We're going to, we're going to add in the James Monroe Eagle heart version uh, yeah. from, from the stage production, because I think that's another super valid version of Prince yeah. Ali to, uh, to talk about. But, um, I think the, uh, the thing about the animated version of the song <laughs> <laughs> is that, okay, so they do like Jeannie does drag in, in all of these versions, yeah. which is, which is fun. However, Robin Williams uh, animated genie is, is like so close to popping a titty out. Like it's it's about to come out. Why do you keep saying that word? It's literally like, do I need to take a shot every time you say that word? I hate that word. Um, it's 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 almost like, oh, 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 what is it? Are we going to get a slip? Um, the Will Smith version. Um the part that I get super distracted uh, is not, it's not Will Smith. Um, it's Nassim Padrad who I feel like her character could have been written out of the whole movie. Mm. Um, and I, but I think she's a hilarious actress. She's great. But Aladdin that remake suffered from a few too many characters and yeah. she was one of them. And so in this version, there's like two or three, I think like cutaways to like her reaction, like yes. to the song, yes. And I'm, I'm, uh, and like this feels like doing too much. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't love that. But I'm with you. Will Smith definitely rocks it uh, for for this version of Prince Ali. My my favorite part uh, is when he does that little that little lean move. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also like I I really hate to admit it, but I do get a kick out of when he gets the Sultan to do the thing where he's like, oh, we're holding. We're waiting for you. We're waiting yes, for you, bro. And then I, he hits him with the little like drop. You feel like it should be cornier than it is, but it actually works. Yeah, totally. Totally. Just can't wait to be king. Um, I agree with the show stoppy elements that you're talking about. Very colorful. You get good vocal performance. Um, I like the subject matter. Um, it's basically talking about how, you know, when you, when you get grown up, you can just stop giving a book. Do whatever you want. Um, even though uh, he's, he's going to learn um, <laughs> that that's like not true, but that song is a little bit too short for me. Um, mm. And it starts a little bit too quick and abrupt for me. Um, it feels more like a really good song uh, that is a total banger, but I love the way that Prince Ali kind of like draws itself out uh, where you have varying speeds, varying number of other instruments involved. Uh, it just feels like a more dynamic song. I mean, again, it's a song that's about convincing someone uh, about something. And in this situation, <laughs> it's Genie trying to convince Jasmine and the Sultan that Aladdin is shit. Hmm. And uh, I'm going to move that that one on. Uh, so Julia's breaking the tie. Will it be just can't wait to be king or Prince Ali from Aladdin? Oh my God. Throughout this whole conversation, I've literally gone back and forth in my head. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Kyle, literally same exact thing. We had that cassette in my car and mm-hmm. I think it was like one of the first songs that I like 
sang. And I was like, yes, this feels really good to sing. Um, however, however, I can't believe I'm seeing this. Oh, my God. Your argument about the Robin Williams, you know, being a really good comedian, I think has swayed me to to do the other one. Prin- the other Prince Ali? Yes, to do Prince Ali. <laughs> I love a comedian and that's just so smart and I didn't even I didn't even pick up on that. Mm. Like that is so smart. So it literally has nothing to do with being a showstopper, but I think that's a really cool and interesting fact. And I also enjoy the live action. All right. So Sorry. Known Giants fan uh Robin Williams moves on. Uh, <laughs> yep. To the next He's looking round. down on us. Um and uh, we get we get to visit him again in the next matchup. Uh, it's number three, friend like me from Aladdin versus number fourteen, Topsy Turvy. This one's oh. uh, no, this, this one's rap. a little this one's this a rap. little this one's a little this is interesting though. Topsy Turvy, Topsy Turvy, I think is a very underrated song. I um, do too. It, it gives me anxiety, and that's what makes it a good show-stopping song. Is Mm-mm. that it's anxiety-inducing? It's, <laughs> it's like not anxiety-inducing. It's get on with the song. No, it's it's basically, uh, and 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 I think we talked about this when we talked about best Disney playlist, and we talked about Hunchback. Um, it's the most sophisticated of yes. all of Alan Menken's works. And so Topsy Turvy is this very kind of drawn out storyteller type song, but one that does sort of pull out all the stops. You're you're not just sort of introducing characters like Asmeralda and Quasimodo and uh, Claude Frollo and kind of like their position within this little society, but you are presenting the environment in which all of these characters are operating. Yep. Uh, you're basically showing that this is the world that they are facing. Uh, and specifically for Quasimodo, right? You show, look, this is why he can't be out here like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I like it. It's got the it's got the narrator element, which like you know a lot like um, you know under the sea or a little bit of like be our guest uh, can can definitely have its advantages. Um, but I don't think I don't even know who this person is uh, that sings that sings the part. Yeah, I don't know. I either. don't know that they deliver kind of that that vocal strength that I tend to look for in in like a, in a lead for a show stopping number. I do like the visuals, uh, very colorful, very bright, a lot of things going on. When he's singing about things that are topsy-turvy, you have like a dude who's walking on his hands and <laughs> in, 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 he's like in a king costume, but it's like, oops, psych, I've been walking on my hands this whole time and he's like, his dress goes up and it's like actually a jester uh, underneath there. Yeah. I think that's what it is. And then yeah. there's like there's like dogs who are like walking their humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was trying to think like, when I was watching this most recently, I was like, if they did a topsy turvy in 2023, like what would, like what would the, the things be that they were doing that was topsy turvy? Oh mm, like it would be like someone dressed as an iPhone, like holding, <laughs> holding, holding a person. A person. <laughs> yeah. Jesus um, God. Or like, oh, I don't buddy. know. It just gives me anxiety. It's just that. It's just that, but with like different internet things. It's a massive blue bird that's holding a person. It's 
it's a, a camera that is taking a photo of other cameras with a person <laughs> technology yeah. has ruined us um i i think i think i have friend like me uh on on this one um i i, I don't know robin williams great performer obviously but i think Every time I go back and listen to his version of friend like me, it's not quite as good as I remember it. Interesting. Um, which, yeah, I don't know if that's Robin Williams or that's just like in my head. It's the animation is a little bit more exciting than it is, but it, it is, it is very exciting. It's, it's still like a lot better than topsy turvy. Um, so I'm going to advance <laughs> it. I enjoy topsy turvy, but it's six minutes long. And a lot of it is like broken up instrumentals so that we can get to some of the scenes that are happening on screen. And it's a big, long show stopping number and scene because it's a massive festival. It's a big party. Um, But I wish that we just had Kloppen singing the entire time and getting us from point A to point B a lot faster. Um, the, the part I love though, is when he calls everybody in to start singing and we get the slow clap kind of build back into the chorus. Um, I enjoyed that in a show stopping number where it's like, we're all going to, we slow back down and we kick back up. I think that's good. And also I've never like looked at the lyrics before, but there's some bangers in here, man. The, the end, that finale kind of chorus once a year, we love to drop in where the beer is never stopping, baby. I want to go. That is my kind of place. But yes, friend like me definitely moves on here pretty easily. Uh, I, and I have the opposite thing. Every time I listen to Friend Like Me, I like it more than I thought I would. I always oh. forget how good it is. Uh, so we'll talk more about that next time. Julia, were you going to go topsy-turvy here or are you, you in the Friend Like Me camp? Topsy-turvy is scary. Moving on to Friend Like Me. I just hate like carnivals and that kind of thing. So. Okay. <laughs> scary, scary. She also doesn't love human suffering, which is like it a makes primary me component so topsy-turvy. It, that <laughs> whole movie to me is literally just I like ball during the entire thing. It's just so sad and so uncomfortable. The music is gorgeous, but I just, it I can't. Which is why, that's why I like the movie is because I like yeah. Uh, being in that mental space of like sad boy of suffering <laughs> no of sad boy like, i feel not, so bad not for that them. i want to watch suffering i just want to give him a big hug i like feeling seen and so quasimodo's sympathetic character they, uh, poor movie. guy uh Clavin doesn't have to flame the uglies like that though when he's like uh the uglies this is your time to not shy away from this is your day baby that show up so show out uh all right here we go <laughs> the final matchup it. it's number six zero to hero versus number 11 super califragilistic oh, from mary poppins this is a this is a wrap for me i got zero to hero I think that Super Cali, the Broadway version, definitely is a showstopper. They quite literally stop the entire plot of the film so that they can start spelling things out with their hands. But as far as a showstopper in Mary Poppins, I don't think that's a film that has one except for Step in Time. I actually agree with you, Julia. I think that Step in Time is a is a massive showstopper. But that also would suffer from it being way too long for what it is. And I would down it as well. But that's a better showstopper than Super Cali. I think that Super Cali is a fun fluff number and fun fluff numbers can be ensembles. But this film, 
is more of a narrative than it is a sort of constructed musical in my in my opinion like there's not the the big the small the slow which there is but it all fits together it doesn't feel like it's in blocks like a lot of these other films do super cali just kind of fits in nicely and you're like okay another song because by that time we're we're multiple songs in and all of them have been good here's just another good song i expect the showstopper to wow me I don't I can't get up like you said. It's going to give me some sort of chills. This is just a fun ditty in the middle of the film uh that after, you know, three or four fun ditties that we've already heard. Zero to Hero, Hercules has that same thing where it feels like because of the nature of the gospel song that uh the gospel themes and genre that we have, every song feels like somewhat of a showstopper. But Zero to Hero is that middle of the film. Let's bring us all back together. Let's yes, sing indeed. Let's sing to the audience about what Herc's been up to since he's found this, this fame. And we are going to blow the roof off this joint as we do it. And I think that that is a great showstopper uh, when you compare it to something like Super Cali, which is very endearing, very light, very lighthearted. But Zero to Hero is like, you want to hear some singing? from five different women hitting five different notes, all harmonizing together like butter. I love it. Number six moves on. I I think Super Cali, um, I don't know that I agree that it's a fluffy mm. song. Mm. I think maybe from like a substance because you like the sad boy element of Bert uh, not not knowing how to speak and him getting <laughs> punished by his parents no, for not no, knowing No, I mean speak. like it doesn't That's it is really thing. kind of a it's kind of a weird <laughs> over my head. It's kind of a weird moment to break out into a song. <laughs> I think um like that they element just get off is, the horse, that right? element is fluffy. And they're like <gasps> that element's fluffy but like as far as like the music goes, I think the music is is pretty loud, and that's something, Kyle, you said you really like. About, I did. Um, and, and like, as far as Mary Poppins songs go, I think this one is potentially the loudest when you get to, like, its peak moments. And yeah. I think it it ends in a really showstoppery type way, you know? Like, once it ends, you go, oh, damn. Like, okay, okay. Yeah, I like that. Um, but I don't know why, I don't know why, man, when I watched this the most recent time, I was so distracted by the candy apples that Bert was eating, um, (laughs) because, because here, okay, listen, Michael Banks is holding a candy apple in his right hand and he's eating it. He's in the process of eating it. And Bert is in the process of eating a candy apple as well. Okay. But then he gets called up to do his verse. And he hands his half-eaten candy apple to Michael, and okay. Michael takes it in his left hand, and it keeps cutting back to Michael, and he, the apple he was eating keeps having more bites taken out of it. But Bert's apple has restored to a fully <laughs> formed, no bites taken out of it apple. That's like a oh, Larry God. David, like uh, that's. Sorry, but like I don't know why this candy apple situation is really throwing me off. <laughs> this God. most recent time I was watching Super Cat. I think it's a I great can't. song. Uh, you know, this is that this is that energy between Bert and Mary that makes 
this movie. Tied mm. together. And that's why I like the song is because it makes you think. And you should go, damn, if they're not together yet, they need to be uh, because these people are so in sync um, and they deserve each other. Uh, and, and I like that sort of energy that DVD and uh, Julie bring to, uh, to this song. Like the choreo, uh, like the costumes. Um, it's fun. It's just a really fun time. I do think I'm going to agree with you go, though and go with Zero <laughs> to Hero on this one. I mean, look no further than the gospel drop. Who puts the glad in glad? I mean, like yeah. it just that just sends me. Favor. Sends me into a whole other dimension. So, yeah. so absolutely, good. I'm with you. Moving the 60 on Julia, do you agree with that one? 100%. It's so good. Amazing. Well, that <laughs> does it for our, <laughs> our round of 16, our, our first so uh, first round matchups. Uh, we'll, we'll pick things up next week in our round of eight, where we have the number one seed be our guest versus the number eight, I'll make a man out of you. Number four, we don't talk about Bruno versus number 12, I've got a dream. Number two, let it go versus number 10, Prince Ali. And number three, friend like me versus number six, zero to hero. Julia, Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I know you didn't break a whole lot of ties, um, but <laughs> thanks for the, thanks for some of the commentary and hopefully we can dig into it a little bit more uh, next week. Yeah, can't wait. All right, everyone. Well, you know how to reach us. If you got something to say about these show-stopping numbers, uh, did we miss one? Did we advance a song that maybe you didn't think should move on? Email us at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Discord, Twitter, all those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash madness and join us at the $5 level by becoming a member of Jerry's gang. Folks, till next time, hope you have a topsy-turvy day. <laughs> <laughs>